Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Oh, my gosh, you guys. What a day. What a day. So what we're doing here is we're getting ready to add to our stream the live stream of Chad's arraignment and then Lori's arraignment. Yes. So, of course... uh, if you've been paying attention this last day, you know they have both been charged with capital crimes now. Uh, both of them have been crime charged with first-degree murder in the death of both of the children. Chad has been charged with first-degree murder in the death of Tammy. They are both charged with a handful of conspiracy theories. Lori is charged with grand theft. Or defrauding conspiracy theories. <laughs> oh, conspiracy Conspiracy wow. crimes. <laughs> they are not theoretical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, innocent until proven guilty. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's too much. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Chad is charged with uh, insurance fraud, two counts for both of Tammy's insurance policies. So that's the charges. They're both going to be arraigned here in a little bit. So we're just, uh, we're, we're dialed up here. So please know that the comment that we're going to, the content we're streaming here is not ours. It is public domain. So it's coming from Zoom, from Judge Farron and Eden's uh, Zoom and YouTube account. Once they start, we'll go ahead and silence ourselves and just let you watch that. And then we'll come back probably in between appearances uh, with a little commentary. Yeah. So uh, we expect that we'll actually see Lori's face today. And we haven't seen her in many, many months. Right. And yes. So that's we think that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. So it is. It is live. The, so the video is live. We're just waiting for them to come on. They've just got that uh, that banner we see all the time up until they come live. So. Yep. I think you guys. We actually figured out how to live stream this, which is very cool. Yeah, we're hoping once they start. Fingers crossed that we have sound. Yeah. For some reason, sometimes when we stream like this, uh, you don't get sound, and sometimes you do. If we don't have sound, we'll obviously end the stream so you can watch it elsewhere. But uh, we're we're yeah. anticipating that we've got it figured out. Yeah. You know, sometimes tech, you know, techs us. But <laughs> uh, oh, it does. It does. And this is, you know, this can get complicated. But I think now because it is just a regular old YouTube uh, stream that I think it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Did it have the box to share the audio? Uh, no, that doesn't come up anymore. Oh, well then, maybe they when I when I share them. YouTube stuff, it just automatically does. Oh, Jr. says Lori and her bad makeup. Yeah, interesting. Also, Lori and her roots. I saw some people in a different group taking bets on how long Lori's roots are now. You know, because she has been incarcerated now. 
uh, for 14 months. And right, she has. Yeah. So uh, we're guessing her roots are several inches long at this point. So um, they did a re release yesterday, the paperwork, you know, that, that they had charged them with. And there were some interesting things in that. One of them was that they had recovered text messages between Lori and Chad discussing the fact that they believed that Tammy was possessed by a spirit named Viola. So as always, when they want somebody to die, you know, mm -hmm. they come up with reasons why, you know, possessed zombies. Right, right. You know, yada, yada, because that's how they justify their nonsense. But, um, you know, and so I, I found that to be quite interesting. But, yeah. So, at any rate, uh, that was interesting. What else mm -hmm. was there? Oh, the stuff about Alex and the gun. Oh, my gosh. Well, they, they basically confirmed <coughs> that, yes, Alex is the one who attempted to shoot Tammy. They can yeah. prove that he was, in fact, in Idaho Falls or in Rexburg by his cell phone pings and then the searching about the gun. Mm -hmm. So the, he, his uh, search, he searched and this has been kind of confusing. So I talked to my husband about it, who uh, has, you know, Oh, oh good morning. Right, starting. Mr. Pryor, Mr. We Rebel, will can be back. Turn on your video, please. Good morning, Tony. Good morning to everybody. It is May 26, 2021. Case number CR 2221-1623, State of Idaho versus Chad Guy Daybell. Present here on the Zoom call, I have Mr. Daybell appearing with his counsel, Mr. Pryor. I have Mr. Wood, who represents the state. Also, Ms. Blake, who is here representing the state. I have a court reporter and someone from the Idaho Supreme Court for technical issues. Uh, this is the date and time for an initial appearance. Mr. Daybell, can you hear me okay? Yes. Can you hear I me? need you to speak a little bit louder, Mr. Daybell. Yes, I can hear you. Mr. Daybell, uh, the purpose of today's initial appearance is to go through your rights, to talk about the date for future hearings, to talk about counsel, uh, and a few other things. Mr. Daybell... Did you uh, review a copy of the notification of rights form that was sent down to the jail prior to this hearing today? Yes. You understand your legal rights here today? I do. Mr. Pryor, did you go through that notification of rights form with your client? Yes, Your Honor, I did. Thank you. All right, uh, Mr. Daybell, did you receive a copy of the indictment that was filed on May 25th, 2021, a warrant that was filed on that same date? Yes, I did. Did you have a chance to review that with your counsel, Mr. Pryor? He did, Judge, and we have no questions at this time. Mr. Pryor, uh, it's my understanding from a review of the notification of rights that your client is waiving a formal reading of the indictment. If it's okay with you, I'll just go through each charge and the maximum penalties. I'm not going to go through the allegation contained in the charge. That's appropriate, Your Honor. Ms. Blake or Mr. Wood, any objection to that? No, Your Honor, I think that's appropriate. No objection. All right. Mr. Daybell, the indictment, uh, like I said, is case number CR 2221-1623. 
It was filed on May 25th, 2021 in the indictment. There are nine counts. I'm gonna go through the counts that are relevant to your case. The first count is conspiracy to commit first degree murder, uh, as well as grand theft by deception. That count is punishable to the same extent as the underlying crime on the conspiracy. On uh, the first part of that count, murder in the first degree, it's punishable by death or life imprisonment. If the death penalty is not sought, the court shall impose a life sentence, including mandatory minimum period of incarceration of 10 years. It carries up to a $50,000 fine or both. It also carries with it up to a $5,000 fine and restitution. With regards to the second part of count one, conspiracy to commit grand theft by deception, that portion of the charge carries up to 14 years in prison, up to a $5,000 fine or both. <clears throat> count one is an allegation of, uh, like I said, conspiracy to commit first degree murder and grand theft. The murder relates to the victim and the death of TR, a minor. Count two is a charge of first degree murder. Uh, it carries with it a maximum penalty punishable by death or life imprisonment. If the death penalty is not sought, the court shall impose life sentence, including mandatory minimum period of incarceration of 10 years. It carries up to a $50,000 fine and up to a $5,000 fine and restitution. It relates to the death of the minor child, TR. Count three is a charge of conspiracy to commit first degree murder and grand theft by deception. That charge carries with it the same maximum penalty as count one. In other words, it's punishable by death or life imprisonment. If the death penalty is not sought, the court shall impose a life sentence, including mandatory minimum period of incarceration of 10 years, a $50,000 fine and or up to a $5,000 fine and restitution. The second portion of that charge is uh, conspiracy to commit grand theft by deception. That portion of the charge carries up to 14 years in the state penitentiary, up to a $5,000 fine or both. That count uh, relates to the death of the minor child, JV. Count four is a charge of first degree murder. That charge is punishable by death or life imprisonment. If the death penalty is not sought, the court shall impose a life sentence, including mandatory minimum period of incarceration of 10 years, a $50,000 fine plus $5,000 fine and restitution. That count relates to the death of JV, a minor. Count five is conspiracy to commit first degree murder That charge uh, carries with it the potential penalty of death or life imprisonment. If the death penalty is not sought, the court shall impose a life sentence, including mandatory minimum period of incarceration of 10 years, a $50,000 fine plus $5,000 fine and restitution. That charge 
relates to the death of Tamara Daybell. Count six is a charge of first degree murder. That charge carries with it punishment by death or life imprisonment. If the death penalty is not sought, the court shall impose a life sentence, including mandatory minimum period of incarceration of 10 years carries up to a $50,000 fine and a $5,000 fine and restitution. The next count related to your case is count eight. It's an allegation of insurance fraud. Insurance fraud as it is charged carries up to 15 years in the state penitentiary, a fine of up to $15,000 plus restitution. Count nine is the last count. It is also a charge of insurance fraud. It carries up to 15 years in the state penitentiary, a fine of up to $15,000 or both plus restitution. Mr. Daybell, uh, the maximum penalties of all of those counts carry up to uh, they could all run consecutively one after the other, or they could run concurrently. Do you understand that? Yes, I do. Mr. Pryor, have you had a chance to explain that to your client? Yes, Your Honor, I have. We'll proceed then very well. Mr. Daybell, you're appearing here today with Mr. Pryor. Do you wish to represent yourself? Do you wish to hire an attorney, Mr. Pryor? Or would you like to seek application of a public defender? Judge, Mr. Daybell has retained my office to continue representing him in this matter. And that's the way I anticipate going forward, Your Honor. Thank you. Mr. Daybell, is that correct? That is correct. Thank you. All right. Uh, the next item of business is to set the arraignment. That arraignment will be in front of the district court judge. As of right now, Mr. Pryor, Mr. Wood, Ms. Blake, the court has available June the 9th in the morning. That's the date we will set that arraignment for. Uh, it's yet to be determined if that's going to be in person or via Zoom. That will be worked out at a later time and date. Also, the exact time of that uh, arraignment on June 9th will be set by the court and we'll send out final notice of that, but it will be in the morning on June the 9th. Does that work for everybody? That will work for the state, Your Honor. Yes, Judge. We'll plan on that. Uh, right now, the uh, the warrant has set forth uh, no bail. Uh, Mr. Pryor, does that need to be addressed here today? No, Judge. Right. Is there anything else we need to take up here today at this initial appearance, Mr. Wood or Ms. Blake? Not from the state, Your Honor. Thank you. Not from the state, Your Honor. Mr. Pryor, anything else from the defense we need to bring up here today at this initial appearance? Nothing further, Your Honor. Maybe May we be excused? You may. Thanks, everybody, for appearing. We will be adjourned on this matter. Well, there we have it. And we're back. Yeah. Boy, he started out looking just a tad bit smug, didn't he? He did. He had a bit of a smirk at the very beginning. He did. Then he fell back into... Resting toad face. Resting toad face. So did his attorney. Man, they yeah. have, those two have matching resting toad faces. It's they so do. Weird. They they look strangely alike. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they do. Wow. Wow.
wow, wow. It's so weird to hear it all read out for real. Every time I felt like every time Eden said first degree murder, like he said it like a little more dramatically than everything else he said. <laughs> and I kept thinking, I bet he's like, damn it. I've been waiting to say this to this idiot for over a year, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know that the prosecutors are all just sitting back wanting to just high five, you know? Oh, right. Right. And so some people were asking who Lindsay Blake is. Lindsay Blake is the actual prosecutor of Fremont County. See, Wood has been appointed a special prosecutor in Fremont County because they were in the process of electing a new prosecutor at the time that this all went down. Lindsay Blake is the new prosecutor. She is actually who convened the grand jury. Mm -hmm. So it looks to me like they're all working together on this, which is awesome. You know, I I think that's really, really good. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Well, and then we have the two very significant dates. So yesterday when these charges were announced was JJ's birthday. He would have been nine. Yep. No coincidence, honestly. No. They had, they could have waited a day. They could have done, you know, whatever. They did it on his birthday. Now Mm -hmm. this next hearing that they just scheduled is on June 9th. It's the day they found the kids' bodies. I love it. I love it yeah. that they're, you know, acknowledging like that. That's really cool. And and they'll probably, the courts will probably say, oh, it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, it does. Mm. It's too, that's too coincidental for me. It's too coincidental to happen twice. Like yeah. once maybe, but it's happened twice now. Mm-hmm. And and I do think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Well, maybe yeah. somebody will be sentenced to death on, you know, one of the days the kids disappeared. Right. Not this year. You know, but we're on Tylee's birthday in September or something. Some fools are going to start pleading to plead out of the death penalty. We'll see. Oh, I think they will. I really do. Uh, Now that they've put the death penalty on the table, that is going to be a game changer Mm -hmm. as far as their, uh, you know, willingness to plead. Because you look at the magnitude of those charges. Right. I mean, this isn't, you know, 10 years for hiding a body. This is life maybe death. They're never getting out of prison. Oh, no. Well, and so they haven't, my understanding is the prosecution hasn't actually officially announced that they are seeking the death penalty. They do have 60 days to announce whether or not they're doing that, but it's possible. So I'm curious what you guys think. Do you think they will go for the death penalty? Do you think they won't? What are your thoughts? This case qualifies, I guess, is the bottom line. Yes, this case does qualify. Yep. It seems that they have plenty of uh, premeditation, you know, to show for themselves to be able to. I think they will. That conviction. And, you know, you think about murders of children. That definitely, you know, brings that uh, amount of emotion up in in jurors, you know, that might want to bring that sentence. But also uh, the murder of Tammy, the murder of his wife. Right. I mean, they're all, they're so egregious in their own ways, you know, but they are, I mean, he murdered his wife for insurance money. And so he could marry his girlfriend. Yeah. Not that there's ever a good reason to murder your wife, but I mean, that just shows what mm-hmm. sick asshole he is. Yeah. 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 JR says she does think they'll go for the death penalty. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious, JR. I, I'm a little suspicious that they will as well. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. I, particularly because there is a lot of local public outcry for the death penalty. Yes. Now they will also consult with the families involved. 
because that is something that they do in death penalty cases. They go to the family members and they say, what do you think? Do you want us to, you know, because that's a big burden to carry. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see. But yeah, like family might say no. They might. might say no. But the families of JJ and Tylee, I don't think they will say no. Yeah, I don't either. Elizabeth says, if this isn't a death penalty case, what is? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. right. Well, I mean, this is the poster child of death penalty cases. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Jackie said, I hope they do go for the death penalty. You know, I'm not always a fan of the death penalty. I've been on both sides of that for a long time. But I think in this case, it is called for. I'm going to say I, it. I do, too. I do, too. The thing is, putting the death penalty on the table, even the potential of it, is going to really make them look at pleading. I mean, at this point, they are buried. Their only choice is whether or not they want to die in prison, you know, or if they want to die by the chair because we're or or lethal injection, you know. Now, Innocuous says, what's the usual wait time in Idaho between conviction and carrying out a death sentence? She says in Colorado, it's 10 to 25 years because of appeals. It's similar here as well. It is. We have, we have someone on death row. Well, I talked about him recently. Mm -hmm. Um, A man who is dying on hospice. He's been on death row since 1985. Yeah. And um, it's 2021. Yeah. And he was actually supposed to be, uh, I think, was it 2002? Mm -hmm. That he was supposed to be executed. It got stayed. So it it takes a really long time mm-hmm. in Idaho. Yeah. Cranky says she's going to be unpopular here and say no death penalty. She doesn't agree with it. Sorry, mm-hmm. just my opinion. That's okay. That's okay. That's the capital uh, punishment to me is very problematic. And so I'm with it you is. there. I, I understand that entirely. It is. Entirely. It, it's, it's tough. But, you know, it's di- I find it's different when... To me, having lived in the community where this occurred and watching yeah. the impact on our com- community, I, I understand it a little better because I've never been closer to a death penalty case than this one. Yeah. And you can kind of see, you know, and there is a lot of outcry and there is a huge amount of support for the death penalty in general in the populace mm-hmm. in Idaho. Yeah. Now, Anakis wants to know, will Lori be in court today? Yes, she'll be in court at 1130. So we're just waiting 11 more minutes for that. Uh, Jackie said, I don't always agree with the death penalty, but in this case, yes, I truly believe they have the correct people being charged. And and that's part of it for me, because we know people have been put to death before that were later exonerated by DNA and things. And so there's absolutely that's my hesitation. Part of it's also just the bloodthirsty nature of it. And also what it asks of people what it asks of people who work in the criminal justice system to carry out capital crimes right Uh, it is the weight of that you know and then there are also just the other issues that are happening right now with the death penalty like that it's getting harder and harder to get the drugs that are used in lethal injection yes and that there have been a lot of problems with lethal injection we did a case on Mm -hmm. that we did a um, story on that recently and so now there are states that are kind of going back to like the electric chair, mm-hmm. hanging. Um, is it Texas? Firing squad. Is it yeah. Texas that's just reinstated firing squad? Yes. Holy crap. You know, yeah. so that's the other problem with death penalty. Yeah. And, you know, I've read some articles recently that said that they think that death penalty is going to go away federally mm-hmm. is going to go away. 
It wouldn't surprise me. It's happened before. It has. And that partially the reason for that is that lethal injection is considered the most humane way. And because we're having more and more trouble getting the drugs. Well, because drug companies are going, we don't want our drugs used for that. We don't want to participate in this. We're not selling them to the state because we know that's what you're doing with them. Yeah. 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 Can Lori refuse to appear in court today? I don't don't think think so. so. But she has refused a lot of things. But I think it's Mm -hmm. in those small, really petty crap that's been going on. I think she can, you know, defer to her attorney. I don't think she can refuse to attend an arraignment. Because this is an arraignment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think we'll see her today. I, you know, you never know. It's just. We'll see. Cranky says, you know, that the death penalty is never humane. And I agree. It it is never humane. When you read about what actually Mm -hmm. happens and how, you know, it's not a quick thing at all. Well, and also historically, I mean, think about the guillotine and public hangings in the square and public beatings where in the Inquisition where they were torn limb from limb. Yes. Oh, yeah. Or in the Inquisition where they would put witches on the on a platform and put a heavy door on them. And the townspeople would take turns piling rocks on that door until they were crushed. Yeah. I mean, and, and in public burnings, I mean, the idea of the death penalty is, I mean, it brings out a really, really savage side of people that I think it is does. extremely concerning. It is. Yeah. I I agree, too. Um, I, I don't know. You know, what is the answer for situations like this? Yeah, there's no good one because the, what has happened here is so unbelievable and unthinkable. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to read to you guys a statement from Tammy's family that they put out yesterday. I thought this was very uh classy of them. Mm-hmm. They said, as the parents and siblings of our dearly beloved Tammy, we want to make a brief statement in light of today's news. First, we'd like to extend our continued love and heartfelt sympathy to the families of Tylee and JJ. Words cannot adequately express the depths of loss and pain that they are suffering, but we hope that they know that they are not alone and we grieve and hold a place in our hearts with them at this time. In light of new information and forward movement in the judicial process, we ask for consideration for our family's right to privacy and continued grieving as we process this. We'd especially ask that this consideration be extended to our dearest Tammy's children and grandchildren. We want their lives to retain as much peace, normalcy, and remembrance of their mother slash grandmother as possible. No one knows how to handle this perfectly. We ask that we all be given the space to continue to honor and grieve our loved one the best we can. We'd like to thank the tireless efforts of law enforcement, the FBI, and all those who have continued to seek out the answers during the investigations of Tylee, JJ, and Tammy. We appreciate their pursuit of justice and ultimately some measure of peace for those left in the wake of our loss. Thank you to all of the family, friends, and supporters near and far who have continually reached out to us. We thank those who've shown interest in honoring Tammy's legacy with us 
through our beginning efforts with the Tammy Douglas Daybell Foundation. And that's TammyDaybellFoundation.com. We pray that truth will prevail and that all of us left behind will find a way to pick up the pieces and somehow come out of this crucible together from Tammy's parents and siblings. Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah. I'm just putting and, that you know, in the chat. Go check out her. Yeah, go check out their, their foundation. I think that's really wonderful that they are doing something. You yes. Know. Just happy for them that they know now. I can't imagine how do you know you go from thinking she died in her sleep and that seems weird to all of this. At least mm -hmm. there's at least somewhat clarity for them now yeah. ab about what did happen. You know, I just feel like there can be some, I don't know, beginning to heal. I, I don't think yeah. I feel like people can truly grieve until they know the truth. And I, I feel like that's one of the things that is really important in true crime uh, yeah. podcasting to understand is that until people know what happened yeah. to their loved one, they can't really grieve their death. No, no. And and so to be hanging with no answer, which so many of these cases that we cover, that is the case. Yeah. You know, at least they I mean, I, I realize they haven't been convicted, but it's pretty clear now they did it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, or they wouldn't be charged with first degree murder through a grand jury, you know. Um, and so I, I feel like at least there's some a beginning of some closure for them. Yeah. Uh yeah, most definitely. Oh, people were asking, can Chad and Lori communicate? Absolutely not. They've had no communication since the day Chad was arrested. No. They cannot communicate to one another in any way. No. The only communication they could possibly have is through their attorneys. But yeah, even they're that would be very limited. Yeah. No. No, I think no. that could be serious trouble for the attorneys. Because right. No one's passing notes. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. No. No, word on the street is that Lori's behaving exactly the same. She was totally nonplussed by the charges. Mm. And she's just, she's kind of oscillating between being very sing-songy and uh, kind of weirdly overly friendly and then having meltdowns where she cries for hours and begs to talk to her husband. Yeah. I If, if Lori... <laughs> mental health wasn't on the edge which it was it really is now she's yeah. really really slipped I think a lot but <laughs> I don't know it oh, well I know okay yeah it means your membership expired so you need to go renew it the badge yeah. is for the membership so somehow if you don't have a badge it means that when your membership went to renew it didn't renew for some reason so yeah feel free to check that out yeah. Do you think that their religion will play into the family's decision to pursue the death penalty? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh, I did have a little uh, comment from Annie Cushing, too. Yes. Oh, Annie, I've really been thinking about her. She's put so much yeah. energy into helping figure this out. Annie said, I'm celebrating today's news today, knowing that we still have a lot ahead of us, but it's just been a jolt of confidence that they can go after Chad and Lori for all of the deaths. And that was posted by Justin Lum yesterday. And on that post, someone said, who is this person? And another person commented that she's just, uh, 
attention-seeking relative looking for her uh, 15 minutes of fame. Oh, and I was so so disgusted. I commented and said, what the heck are you talking about? You know, then of course, you know, and I was the bad guy. I really don't like to start Facebook fights, but on that one, there was no way I could not defend Annie. Annie has worked tirelessly on the timelines and evidence and trying to help this situation. She's Tylee's aunt. There's very little family representation for Tylee. Oh, yeah. Publicly, it is just Annie. You know, her brother Colby, but he's been, you know, quiet and so would I. You know, but Annie has been wonderful in trying to help solve this. Oh, yeah. For her niece and for her brother, you know. Yes. And yes, Loretta, she has an amazing website, Analytics. Analytics. She has a layout of evidence that is exhaustive. Yeah, she's done an amazing job. She really has. And so for somebody to malign her, that makes me mad. It's based on this idea that she was estranged from Tylee when she disappeared. So she doesn't really get to have a voice, which is asinine. She was estranged from Tylee because Because Lori Lori wouldn't let her have a relationship with Tylee. Right. Yet no, because Lori killed Tylee's dad. Allegedly. Right. That makes me sick. Has Lori had a psychological exam? We believe that she has. She has. They both have, but those are not public, unfortunately. I wish they were, because I'm very curious about Lori's um, psychological evaluation. You know, to me, she comes off as someone with with a personality disorder. Yeah. And of course, I'm a social worker, but I can't, I'm not diagnosing anybody. It of just, course. she reminds me of other people I have known with, with a personality disorder. Yeah. Yeah. So where are we at? Still nothing? Um, still nothing. Um, any chance Lori will be declared unfit to stand trial? I think we're past that point. Unless something really significant happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're just still waiting. It's just all one live stream. They've just left the live stream up with a with a graphic. So Oh, they yeah. did. Okay. Mm-hmm. I actually have it on my computer in a different window playing, so when <laughs> I hear sound, I will know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Lori kept her away. And now Annie is trying to, you know, be there for Tylee in whatever way she can be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of the Cox family has been really vicious towards Annie. Mm-hmm. Some of the more extended Cox family has been very vicious towards her online. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, so people have kind of formed an opinion, but who the hell cares? You know, I mean, Annie has, anyone who has followed Annie at all through this process knows what she has done. Yeah. This is not attention seeking. She's been trying to help. Uh, Lori's father was schizophrenic. Um, That is what I, that is my understanding is that Mm -hmm. Lori's father did have schizophrenia. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, hopefully we're going to be seeing another hearing here shortly. Yeah. It's definitely taking a minute. Yeah. Well, Typical, uh, typical court, right? Yeah. They do everything on their own time. Yeah, always. So here we go. Okay.
You're seeing something happen? I'm not seeing anything happening. Let's um, see. Yeah. Let's see. This hmm. is what I'm seeing. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. I'm seeing it. I was tracking it also on East Idaho News just to make sure that we were. Oh, yeah. Not seeing, yeah, they were seeing something we weren't. And uh, sure. for some reason, my video backed up to some resting toad face business. Oh, gotcha. Alex seemed unstable to say the least. Boy, didn't he? <laughs> Elizabeth oh. says, maybe y'all can do a recap show. I can't keep all these people straight. That's a great idea. We'll do, we can do yes, that. It is. Because, yeah, it is. I mean, we have taken countless hours to get to the point where we know who all these people are yeah. and we know all their names and their backstories and how they're connected. Yeah. Well, we also have a, a witness list from the grand jury. Yeah. Trial. And we'll, we'll go through that tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't actually know who all of them are. We have a pretty good sense of who most of them are, but there's a few names that we didn't recognize either. But I'm going to give you a secret. This is something I predicted. Two of Chad's children are on that list. Yep. And this is this when I heard it was a, a secret um, uh, grand jury. That was the first hit that I got was that it yep. was there were children who wanted to testify and they didn't want to do it publicly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Garth was on the list and Garth was there. Garth slept in that house. He was there when she died. You know, and on. Mm -hmm. Chad's kids, one of the other thoughts that I had, two of them are teachers. Yeah. Uh, one in Sugar City and one in Madison. And I was just thinking about how hard it must be trying to just get through this freaking school year. School yeah. gets out on Friday. Yeah. And so how, what a horrible week this has been for them and how hard it must be to try to get through this week. And maybe they've just gotten subs and just backed out. Maybe they have. I would, I would if I were them, I would but, just say, look, um, I'm not finishing this. Yeah. And, and get the hell out because that's so challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Innocuous said it's weird how Chad and Lori have taken these charges so nonchalant. If I had these charges, I would be a basket case. I think they've had basically a year of knowing that they were coming. They had to have pretty much known that uh, just with what they uncovered and spilled in Alex's pre or uh, sorry, Chad's prelim about all the electronics they had to have known they, they this, had to have that this was coming but i mean you know yeah i agree though sorry you can hear my <laughs> my oh, headphones are speaking into my um <laughs> yeah I, I feel like they have known but i also feel like there's just this weird arrogance that they are justified in doing what they did that is still there even now. Even now. With these that, charges. Well, you remember Melanie Gibb back when she did the East Idaho News interview and mm -hmm. she was asked if she had an attorney. Or maybe she said this at the preliminary. Now I'm not sure. She said it, maybe she said it both times. But when asked if she had hired an attorney to represent herself, she said no. And they said, why? And she said, because God's on my side. Why would I need an attorney? Now I'm guessing Mel Gibb is going to pull up an attorney at this point. If she has, uh, she's she bet. Yeah. And we're going to talk more about that tonight, but she's, she's yeah. going to be in some trouble unless she's already got a deal and, and has already committed to her stuff in the grand jury. And that's the thing that we yeah. don't know. Yeah. Have, have Chad's, Chad's kids, kids, <laughs> have Chad's kids spoken out a lot, either in support or against? No, kind of. 
So most of Chad's kids have said absolutely nothing. They've been really quiet. There was at one time somebody kind of grabbed Garth out on their lawn. And if you guys have ever seen Garth Daybell, he is the sweetest looking kid that just looks like he's just been so bulldozed by all of this. He doesn't know which way is up. But what did happen is that Emma, so it was Emma and her husband, Joseph, that had some kind of dust ups with the media early on. Way back in January of 2020, when the FBI raided Chad's house and did a bunch of, you know, they took a ton of electronics then. That's where I think a lot of what we're getting actually came from. But at any rate, they, when they took a bunch of stuff there, I do feel like the, that's where this kind of issue started with Emma, because she was sitting in her car, kind of parked out in front of their house. In behind some news reporters and she was making faces and people yeah. really took that uh, personally. They really it pissed people off a lot. It took them to mean that she was, uh, you know, d- not taking this seriously and she was making a joke out of it. And then she and her husband did some combative stuff on online on Facebook. Her husband especially did. Yeah. And it did really rile people up. You know, she was the one that seemed to be in more defensive for dad. I kind of feel like there was a little more than that, too, that I can't remember. But, you yeah. know, so so she, but she and her husband really were the only ones. Everyone else has been radio silent. Well, and since they um, found the children, they've all been radio silent. Yes. Nothing. Well, until uh, December, when Tammy's uh, autopsy, when we heard that right. Tammy's autopsy had been released, not released, when it was returned, and yeah. we knew that Fremont County had it, she tried to get it. Of course she did, right? And she went to the Fremont County Sheriff and said, I want to see my mother's autopsy. Right. And they said no. Yeah. And she was really upset by that. I would be too. You know, I would be too. She was. They told her because it's an ongoing investigation, they can't let her see that. But when they can, they will. But up to that point, they could not. And she did a really brief phone interview with Court TV at that time and just basically said, you know, everybody, you know, they have ganged up on us. They think we're the bad guys. It's been really hard. It's been a horrible experience. Our mother's autopsy is back and they're refusing us to let us see it. And we just think we have the right to it. She also said that when they had the, uh, when they exhumed her mother, the family wasn't even told that it happened until it was done. And they were really hurt by that and felt like they had the right to know. Unfortunately, they did not have the right to know because it was part of a criminal investigation. And yeah. so when there's an, you know, an order of exhumation by a court, you know, there's no, nobody gets to know. just because No, because they're, they're not asking permission if they have a warrant. Right. Then. Yeah. 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 So just looking at comments on East Idaho news, people are worried that the reason we haven't started yet is because the um, they're letting Chad and Lori have a moment together. That is not possible. They are in different buildings and it wouldn't happen anyway. Yeah. But, they're not even in the same place. And they're, yeah, that would be completely illegal. Yeah. yeah. No, I, maybe they're having trouble getting Lori to settle down or cooperate, or maybe they're having technology problems or who knows, yeah. it could be lots of stuff. Maybe the wild elk is having a hard time with his backdrop. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> what do we call it? The deranged elk. The deranged elk. Yes. <coughs> uh, thanks, you guys. We appreciate it. We've 
we have definitely covered this case a lot. It's really, it's a weird thing when you cover a case like this so extensively because you start to feel like you have ownership and you have to remind yourself that, no, you don't, you you know, Mm -hmm. Um, the whole public right now thinks they have ownership of this case. Somebody asked yesterday, I, I noticed in a comment thread, can we request that Chad and Lori have no contact with each other? Which I thought was so funny for a few reasons. First of all, Chad and Lori don't have contact with each other. That's court ordered. <laughs> uh, but secondly, can we request? Who the hell are you? Yeah, who's me? <laughs> We're just the spectators in this situation. We have no power at all. No one can, you know. Yes, and, and we have no ownership. But it's definitely true that after you cover it this much, you kind of feel like you do. You know, then after you follow it as much as you guys have, you kind of feel like you do. So I think it's always a good uh, practice to step back a little bit and recognize the ownership of this case belongs to law enforcement, the prosecution and the victim's families. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. We're just the spectators and the reporters of the information. Yeah. Maybe Lori's doing her makeup. Well, you know, maybe she's getting a little uh, colored pencil eyeshadow on and some. Hawaiian punch lipstick going. She probably has a mask on. And, and Madison, I think, is still required. Is it? Because, yeah, Chad didn't. Well, he never he hasn't this whole time. That's right. Well, it hasn't really been required in Fremont because they're kind of anti masking Probably up not, there. actually. But Madison has required masks. Uh, and I'm also just assuming that Mark Means is here in town. You know, and is sitting with Lori. I would think that he is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't know, but hopefully they're gonna they're gonna show up pretty soon here. Yeah. Oh, it could be a tech issue for sure. Yeah. Well, we've got some pretty inform in interesting information um about some things going on with Melanie Gibb that we're gonna talk about tonight. Oh that you yeah. are going to not want to miss. And we do have a little snippet of something that was recorded by a friend on a phone call. Um, we don't have the whole call. I wish we did. It has been turned over to law enforcement at this point. So, Right. Well, and she turned it over to um, Alwyn Reese, who's another true crime blogger and podcaster. And she's the one that released it, just that little bit of it. And then she got really upset with Alwyn yesterday and told her that she did not give her permission to it and got really upset. And so Alwyn pulled it down. And so there's some transcript of it out there. But uh, it uh, things kind of went sideways there, and I don't think it was in any way Alwyn's fault. Alwyn, do you, as I you say your name? As far as I know, I've seen the spelling, and that's the only way that I can think of it. Yeah, I mean, she's done an it. amazing job in her coverage of this case yeah. together. She's great. So I don't feel like she did anything wrong in this case whatsoever. I feel like they just, she's just, uh, you know, the person who leaked it to her got scared. Here we go. All righty. We're gonna we're gonna go away from it. We'll be on the record here in Fremont County. It is eleven forty-four here on the twenty-sixth of May, two thousand twenty-one. Good morning to everybody. We will um, call up case number. CR 2221-1624, State of Idaho versus Lori Noreen Vallow. Miss 
Vala Miss Daybell is present here with her attorney, Mr. Means. I have Miss Blake. Um, I have Ms. Smith and Mr. Wood appearing here for the state. Uh, this is the date and time for an initial appearance. The court took a recess prior to the hearing today and uh, had a sidebar with counsel in chambers. Uh, based upon the information that was provided to the court, the court finds that there's some exigent circumstances as well as uh, a motion that was made orally to me to continue the initial appearance by the defense. Um, to a future time, uh, a date certain has not yet been set. Uh, what is the state's position with regards to the motion made by defense to continue this initial appearance? Your Honor, the state objects to the motion to continue. Mr. Means, uh, it is your desire to seek a motion for continuance, correct? Correct, Your Honor. I couldn't hear you. We speak a little bit louder? Correct, Your Honor. Thank you. Based upon the information that was provided to the court, the court is going to continue this initial appearance uh, based upon the information that was provided to me, and we will set this for a time and date certain in the future. For right now, we don't know that date and time, but uh, we'll get that set as soon as is feasible. Any questions about uh, what's going to happen here today, Mr. Wood? No, Your Honor. Mr. Means? No, Your Honor. We'll proceed from there. Thanks, everybody. for Your Honor, we, we would quickly ask if Mr. Means has entered a notice of appearance on this case. Mr. Means, is it your intent to represent Ms. Daybell here in this case? It is, Your Honor. Do you plan on entering a notice of appearance to, uh, I guess, just to, to memorialize that? As soon as I get an opportunity, I will, Your Honor. Any other questions, Mr. Wood? No, Your Honor. Okay, that will be all for today. Thanks everybody for appearing. We will be adjourned. Thank you, Your Honor. Well, that was quick. <laughs> what the? So is this Lee? Or is this means unprepared? I think this is means unprepared. It could easily be means unprepared. Means looked awful. He did. Here's my question though. What did he need to be prepared for? This was just a, a, a presenting of the charges, naming yeah. him as her attorney. Like, I don't understand what else he had to be prepared to do. There wasn't anything else to do. Very strange. But let's talk about Lori's hair. Uh, well, apparently Lori's a brunette. <laughs> we now know her true hair color. Maybe. I don't, I know. don't know. I mean, that looked highlighted. That hair looked dumb. It was hard to tell. Their camera was too far away from them, and so it was hard to tell mm -hmm. what was happening. Yeah, but yeah, she looked. It did look dark, and it did sort of look highlighted. Hard to tell. Yeah, she was masked uh, again, yes. so it was so very hard to see much about her face. See, I think that's still Madison's rule. No, that uh, inmates have to have. Uh, they have to have masks to be exposed to anybody because you know. They're still trying to not have, uh, you know, COVID run through the jail. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that was quick. It just seems strange to me. Like, why would you continue this when all you have to do is listen to the charges read to you? Well, and I love that, you know, of course, the prosecutor's like, no. No, we yeah. do object. What the hell? They didn't share. And this, I'm getting very tired of this going on with this court. Mm -hmm. They the share means reasons. Mm -hmm. Why? 
Why is that not public knowledge? That should be public knowledge. You bet it should. Yeah. What is the reason why, you know? Yeah. So basically what it means then is that they will come back to the arraignment at a later date. So there will be another one, but they haven't even set the date. And there, there again, there is means mm-hmm. with his total disorganization and inability mm-hmm. to be prepared for things. Why couldn't yep. he say, can we do it on this date? Yep. Yep. So we don't know for sure why they didn't do the arraignment. It's a weird thing that they didn't because it was just an arraignment, guys. It's not like the j- attorney had a huge job other yeah. than to hear the charges. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a good question, Elizabeth. Why would the judge continue if means isn't prepared? Yeah, true. Except for that, like again, what is there to be prepared for? I right. I don't know. That's really well, and uh, it's to protect Lori's rights. You know, if her attorney says I can't right. do this, I'm not ready, then they yep. they need to protect her rights that if he screws up, mm-hmm. there's nothing to screw up in this arraignment. I don't I don't understand it. So yep. yep. Well, I don't know, but that's that's what we know, huh? Yeah, what we know, what we don't know. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So it doesn't change anything. You know, it just means that now we'll have to appear again on this. They will have to appear again on this. Uh, But that's where it's at. But yeah, it means looked terrible. He did. He looked terrible. Um, Lori didn't look so great. But they were why the camera was so far away from them. You couldn't even see him. I don't know. Yeah. Whole thing was weird. But we'll keep you posted as soon as we find out when her arraignment will be. We will live stream it and do this all again. Yep. Of course it was means, right? Of course it was means. He is the one that throws a wrench in the sprocket every damn time. So, of course it was means. He is. He is. um, You know, prior shows up, you know, prepared. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Well, you know. You know, I not like Cryer, but he is a much better attorney than means is. He is. A much I am glad, attorney. though, that at least the, uh, you know, that Wood made him declare that he is planning on retaining, you know, remaining her attorney. Uh, he looked annoyed. You know, Wood looked really mm-hmm. annoyed. And he, he did. has a very good poker face, but he looked pretty frustrated. Mm-hmm. Well, they clearly had had some kind of conversation before they went on the record. That's why they were late, is they were having this conversation, I'll bet you. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Well, he did, Anakus says maybe he's undecided. He did commit that he is going to remain her attorney. Yeah. He hasn't, of course, he hasn't filed the correct paperwork because he never files the correct paperwork to, uh, you know, basically say that, yes, that is. So, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, because for always. Because yet again, Means is not qualified to try a capital case. He's no. not. Mm-hmm. And he proved that yet again today. Yeah. But we do think that he will have to bring on additional representation at this point. Yeah, I and bet again, they both do. Mm-hmm. I would imagine we see more attorneys and assistants just start trickling in on both of these uh, cases. So a couple of things to consider, some things that we're, we're wondering about and thinking about, you know, Wondering and thinking questions about this case, uh, you know, keeps us up at night. But one of the things that uh, we are wondering about is, A, will there be a joinder? Right. Will the old joinder stay in place? Will they pull all of these cases together under one umbrella? Right. Are they going to roll Will they do that separately, you know, and separate their cases? Or will they do them together? 
Yeah. 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 Right. Right. He, he was too busy yesterday tweeting about trans athletes. Yeah. To be ready for a, a capital arraignment. Yeah. Yep. Like, give me a break. But all yep. he does is bitch and moan about how picked on he is. Yep. It's yep. ridiculous. Michelle said, poor Colby. Yeah, no shit, huh? Yeah. I'm sure he watched that, you know? Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure he did. I'm sure every time he gets to watch one more of these things with his mother, it tears his heart out. I can't imagine what the trials are going to be like for all of them. Yeah. And and maybe he won't watch them, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be a legitimate option if this was your mother. How did Means get on this case again? Okay. Way back when, when Lori was uh, extradited from Hawaii to Rexburg, he, she had a team of attorneys. She had Means, who was supposedly the family law specialist. Because remember mm-hmm. that she also still has charges relating to the family law stuff. And mm-hmm. also at the time, there was a motion to... Does she still have those or did they... I thought they dropped some of them. I think they still exist. Some of them do. Mm-hmm. But um, so many now. there was a bunch of stuff because there was also... Health and welfare was prepared to remove custody from her and give a grant emergency custody to the grandparents, the Woodcocks, as soon as she produced JJ, which of course didn't happen because he'd been dead for six months. But um, so she had she had all this family law stuff happening. She had charges from not producing the kids by January 15th, which is what she was or 31st. Anyway, she was ordered to produce the kids in January, court ordered which she ignored and did not do. So she had charges from that. She had charges for uh, lying to the police about the whereabouts of the kids. So there was all that kind of preliminary stuff. So Mark Means was on the case. Um, It appeared to be because he was the family law specialist. The criminal attorneys were two other people, two other attorneys from Boise. Remember we had the pit bull in heels, right? dark, Dark haired gal that was supposed to be super, super tough. Right. And her partner, and they were the criminal law attorneys. And after she, her first uh, day in court at Madison, they both quit. Yeah. Leaving Mark Means on the case, who suddenly became a criminal law attorney. Yeah. Yeah. Those other attorneys saw the writing on the wall and went, oh, we don't want to touch this with a 10 foot pole. She probably yeah. couldn't pay for them. I would imagine. I would imagine. Yeah, but also, they're well-known criminal attorneys in Boise, and they uh-huh. probably are have a real high, big retainer, you know? Absolutely. Oh, Edwina was her name, Edwina. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her last name. But yeah. at any rate, they, yeah. Well, I think, too, after they met her and talked to her, they realized, oh, she's bonkers AF. This is mm-hmm. not what it yeah. looks like. She's not, this is not right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where Mark came from. How did he get hired onto it in the first place? There's been a lot of conjecture that he knows Chad, that he might have actually been associated with Chad. That hasn't ever really been proven. I can't speak for that for sure. I can only say that that it's been rumored that that's the case, but it it may not be, you know, it, it may not be, but that's how he showed up here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to be back with you guys tonight. Yeah. At uh, 7 p.m. Mountain for our case update live stream, which might seem a lot like what we're doing right now. Yeah, except for we've got a lot lot more. Yeah, some really interesting stuff to bring. 
Um, and then also we will, uh, we're doing a Patreon that we'll release probably later today yeah. about the mother God cult. I don't yes. know if you guys have followed this at all. This is the, uh, it, it's a big thing in like, not even the new age world. because She's not really, it, it's really similar to Chad and Lori in some ways, minus all the murder. And yeah. anyway, so we're going to cover that and put it up in Patreon today. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you guys, you're, it's going to blow your freaking minds if you've not heard about this person in this situation. Holy hell. Yeah. And if you are not a patron, go to mm -hmm. patreon.com. Yeah. And look for us. I'm going to put the link in the chat. And we're sorry because Patreon's going to get both their videos at the end of the month this month. It's yeah. because we've both been sick as hell. And we're sorry for that. It's not how we've we been sick want a lot to do week. Patreon, but man, we've had a hard month. <laughs> so. We have. We've had a lot. And so it's patreon.com and then you just look for true crime paranormal. That's our name. If you become a patron, which just means you pay a very small subscription fee, it's five, 10 or $20 a month. You get extra content from us to, to, uh, well, for the highest level, you get two videos a month of cases that we don't release anywhere else. They're exclusive. Yes. And be honest, we've done some really famous cases over there. We've yes, done we have. John Benet. We've done Casey Anthony. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've done a lot of stuff over there. So check it out. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes we do like really hot button cases over there so that we can be under a little bit um, of a sheltered umbrella. Yeah, sometimes people come after you for some things. If it's a hot button case, yeah, not always. I mean, we're not total cowards, but mm -hmm. honestly... The Mother God case is going over there because we don't want her acolytes to come for us because yes. they have done that to a lot of podcasters. But yes. we really want to tell this story because, oh, my God, you guys, you won't believe this. Right. Right. You might. So, you might since you're following the Chad and Lori Daybell fiasco. Right. Right. <laughs> and probably will go, oh, this seems familiar. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, let's do it. Yeah. So this is True Crime Paranormal. This has been, of course, the arraignments of Chad and Lori Daybell in the matters of a whole lot of murder and other things. And we'll yeah. be back tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain. And then we'll be back tomorrow night, Thursday night at 7 p.m. for the Psychic Hour. And we've got wrap-ups this weekend. Somebody asked us if we've stopped covering MMIW cases. We have not. We'll have some MMIW in our pop-ups this weekend. So yep. we're sure still will. on the job. Yep, definitely. Yep. All right. Well, this has been True Crime Paranormal, guys. Take care. Have a good afternoon. Bye, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.